Amen. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And of course, uh, verse 10 is where we have the foundation, foundational scripture for this church, John 10 and 10. And I'll just start. I'll start there. We, we read verse 9, but I'll, I'll just read verse 10 out loud here again. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. All right. Now, let's let's just kind of look at a few things and and see what we're talking about here. First of all, who's doing the talking here? Jesus is doing the talking. Now, you know, how do you know Jesus is doing the talking? Oh, that's the red stuff. Glory to God. Jesus is doing the talking. It's in red. And, you know, we we, we say that, but we know that that's Jesus uh, doing the talking. Some of your Bibles may not have red, but uh, it's Jesus doing the talking. What we're talking about today is you must have Zoe. You must have life. Now, when we say life, we don't mean that you have to be just breathing, because as we as we study the scriptures and look at a, a few of the words life, there are several different meanings for the word life. But the one that we're looking for, the one that makes all the difference in the word in the world is the is the word life. Zoe, you must have Zoe. Glory to God. All right, let's just look at a few, and, uh, and we'll look at Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, and let's just look at a few of the definitions of the word, of the word uh, uh, life in the scriptures so we can distinguish what we mean by Zoe. Luke 21, and uh, verse 29. Luke 21 and verse 29. You must have Zoe. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor. you must have Zoe. No, ask, ask them, neighbor, do you have Zoe? I only heard one answer. You know, when you ask a question, you usually want an answer. So do they have Zoe? All right. That's some of them anyway. Well, then we can get to work on the rest of them. All right. Look at verse 29, Luke 21, 29. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Now, when you see the phrase kingdom of God, I want you to make that translation in your mind, <clears throat> excuse me, in your mind, God's way of doing things. So listen to it like this. He says, so likewise, when you see these things come to pass, you know that God's way of doing things is nigh at hand. In other words, folks, it's time for us to do things God's way. To do it God's way. And that's why there have been so many failures in many people's life is because they've been doing it other than God's way. All right. Uh, Verse 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth. Now, this is good. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now, if you get that down in your heart. Your hard times won't matter. 
Because God's word says that we're more than conquerors. We're victorious in this life and the life to come. All these things that he's going to provide, take care of us. Get that down in your heart. Now, he says, in order for that to become a lie, all of heaven and all of earth would have to pass away. And then nothing would matter anyway. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Now, is your word that good that you would say, listen, man, you can take my life. If I said it, I'm going to do it. I don't care. You can put me up against the wall and machine gun me down. If I said it, I'm going to do it. That's how much confidence God has in his word. He says, I would destroy all of heaven and all of earth before I let one word that I said fail. Listen, one word. You know, we say, well, you know, I know I know I said that, but uh, uh, something happened. I'm just not going to be able to do it. God doesn't say that. Just one word. That's how awesome he is. All right. Verse 34 is where we're going. And take heed to yourselves, least at any time your hearts be overcharged. Watch this now with serpenting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. That word life there means the present existence. We're so concerned with just this earthly life of, of you know, what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink and all these things. He says the cares of this life and so that day come upon you unaware. In other words, we're so involved with just the, the cares, just making sure we have our clothes and stuff to eat that we don't even pay any attention to our spiritual needs. We're so taken away with this present existence. But tell your neighbor again, you must have Zoe. See, a lot of people have this type of life, the present existence. I mean, they got it all together. They brag about it. That's fine. You should have it together. God wants you to have it together. That's his desire that you have this life together. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, walk around raggedy, holes in their shoes and everything else. We want to have the best and look good and, you know, different, be able to do different things. But he says, don't get carried away. With this and you get so carried away with how I look, what I drive, where I live, that we forget that I have an eternal soul. That after this present existence, after this life, there is yet another life that has to be lived. And that life is lived eternally forever without end. Are you following what I'm saying? Without end. In. Now, let's show, let's look at something scary there since we're already in Luke. It's not scary to me. Is it? You may be scared if you're not saved. Back up to chapter 16. We looked at a little bit of this this morning in class. And let, let's let's talk about this a minute. See, you must have Zoe. You must have eternal life. Now, let me just key in on this. You're going to live forever one way or the other. The question is, where are you going to live forever? You're going to either live Forever with Jesus or you're either going to live forever with the devil. And that ain't good. All right. It's real. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. Now, as you study biblical principles, anytime you have a parable It doesn't use people's names. It just says there was a certain person doesn't give their name. Anytime you see a name, it is not a parable. A parable is an earthly example of a spiritual uh, happening. 
So when you see a name, it is not an example. It is something that actually happened. Are you with me? So this, because we see the name Lazarus, a certain rich man named Lazarus, we know that this actually happened. All right, stay with me here. This is, this is, this is basic, elementary, we're not going to be deep or anything, but that's where eternal life is. Eternal life is basic. All right. And there was, verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. Now, let me also make this here. Verse 19 said there was a certain rich man. Verse 20 says there was a certain beggar. The man's riches did not send him to hell and Lazarus poverty did not send him to heaven. Because that would contradict everything I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you how to be rich. I mean, physically, money, in the bank, rich. Now, I don't, you don't have to ever teach anybody how to be poor. We done slipped past poor, and we poor. And we, now I'm not saying we poor, but I'm saying people have slipped past poor, and now they just poor. That's like trying to teach a child to do wrong. You don't have to teach a child to do wrong. Just, 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 don't, just don't teach them to do right. <laughs> All right, verse 21. Excuse me, yeah, verse 20, uh, verse 20. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, this actually happened. The dogs came and licked his sores. Now, now, now that's, that's, a, 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 that's a type of, of, of first aid there. Because what the dogs would do, I don't want to be too gross, but, you know, if you have an open wound and uh, it get infected, then you can get these little things crawling around in them. When a dog comes and licks it, it, it takes and he has a healing process that takes place. But this man was too far gone. Even they can couldn't help him. Uh, Verse uh, 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. Now watch this and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom into Abraham's bosom. Now, that's not where we're going. All of this happened before Jesus came, died, was risen, and went to heaven to prepare a place for us. So before Jesus, they went to what was called Abraham's bosom. Abraham was in hell. There was a compartment cut out of hell, and and God put air conditioning, palm trees, uh, an oasis, all the fruit trees, put all that stuff, made it real nice for Abraham. And then he put a big valley between the rest of hell and where Abraham was. And that place was called paradise or Abraham's bosom. Now, you could stand on the shore and look over and see, see all them folks burning over there. Abraham could. No one else was even interested in it. We know it. Watch. Remember, this actually happened. This is not a parable. All right. Verse uh, uh, 22. And it came to pass, the rich man, the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, in the next part, the rich man also did what? Died and was what? Buried. Didn't say he was carried to Abraham's bosom. Now, here we go. Verse 23. And in hell, who are we talking about? The rich man. He was the last subject, so you have to continue. If you didn't start a new subject, that means you're continuing with the same old subject. Little English lesson here. All right. All right. Uh, and in hell... He lifted his what? His eyes. In hell, he lifted his what? Eyes. Listen to me. If you had checked the grave, his body was still in the grave. But his spirit and his soul were in hell. 
Your spirit and your soul are more real than your physical body. Evidently, your spirit has eyes because he lifted up his what? Eyes. All right. He lifted up his eyes being in torments. That'll wake you up. Somebody come and start setting you on fire. And tor- I, you know, I remember uh, when I was uh, in, in high school and uh, I, don't, I don't know what, why I did it. I think I was studying or something. And I put the lamp on the bed with me. I took the shade off. Some of y'all know where I'm going already and put the lamp on the bed. I'm studying or something. I don't know what I was doing. But anyway, I dozed off to sleep and just kind of rolled around and the lamp fell over and fell right on my arm. I got a big scar on my arm on my right arm right now. And that was 20 some years ago. And the lamp fell on my arm and I slept for a minute. You know, you start smelling something and mama ain't cooking. And I woke up and I looked at it. Ah! You threw the lamp off, but it already burned my arm. It woke me up in torment. I woke up and I lifted up my eyes in torment because that lamp, that light bulb was burning my arm. I mean, I set myself up good. If I left the shade on, you know, it would have hit the shade or something. I took the shade off the lamp, set it on the bed, fell over on my arm and just started cooking. That's a slow roast. Come on, y'all laugh. You know, <laughs> anyway, yo, yo. All right. So he says here. He lifted up his eyes. Now watch what happens here. Verse 24. And he cried and said, what? Father Abraham. Now listen to me. Because we know that this man was an Israelite. We know that he had a covenant. He just decided not to walk in it. We know that because he called Abraham father. Only those who had a covenant with God in the Old Testament could call Abraham father. So this man had heard the word. He just decided to reject it. Tell your neighbor, you must have Zoe. Now, you're going to be you're going to make a choice whether to accept the word or to reject it. Lazarus, Lazarus and the rich man were both covenant people. One walked in the covenant, the other choose to reject the covenant. You know, people that have chosen to serve Jesus and maybe you just chosen to reject it. And these are the two places. One of the two places you'll end up at. Again, we don't go to Abraham's bosom. We go to be with Jesus. You're either going to go to be with Jesus or you're going to be like this rich man. In hell, you're going to lift your eyes. Now, look at what happens here. Verse uh, 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 23. And in hell, he lifted his eyes, being in torment, and seeth, and seeth. So his eyes were very real. Your spiritual eyes are very real. And seeth Abraham afar off. You know, he could just, he's standing on the shore. He's looking at him. And Lazarus, where's Lazarus at? In his bosom. He's not at his gates anymore, at the rich man's gate. He's not begging anymore. He's in Abraham's bosom, or he's over there in paradise. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens here. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, watch this, have mercy on me. Listen to me. There are a lot of people in hell begging for mercy, but it's too late. It is eternally too late. See, Zoe means eternal life. And I made this statement. You're going to live forever no matter where you go. There is eternal life and there is eternal damnation. And, and I mean, you make eternal the choice. Or eternal damnation. And it has nothing to do with whether you're rich, poor, educated, uneducated, black, white, nappy hair, straight hair, short, tall, poor, poor, rich, Nothing that makes a difference. Nothing. 
Only thing that makes a difference is that you choose eternal life. You choose Zoe. And if you say, well, I'm just not going to make a choice, the choice is made for you. There's a thing that's called default. When you don't make a choice, a choice is automatically made for you. You just choose not to pay your light bill. And by default, they will turn it off. Now, you may choose not to have your lights off. But you didn't act on it because I've never met anyone yet who says, man, I can't wait to go to hell. Woo boy. They used to have that little thing about, you know, if, if you're rich or you're poor, if you're rich, you can afford insurance and they, you don't have to worry about it. You have nothing to worry about. How many remember that? If you're poor, there's only two things to worry about. Either you're sick or you're well. If you're well, you don't have anything to worry about. You're sick. And if you're sick, you only have two things to worry about. Either you're going to live or you're going to die. You're going to get well or you're going to get die. If you get well, you have nothing to worry about. If you, if you die, you'll have only two things to worry about. Either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. If you go to heaven, you have nothing to worry about. If you go to hell, you'd be so busy shaking hands and partying with all your friends, you have nothing to worry about anyway. How many of you remember that little stupid thing they had? Not true. Not true. Not true. This is what's going to happen to people who decide not to choose Zoe. Everybody you know that died and they did not choose Jesus, this is what they're experiencing right now. All right? He said, now watch this. Now he's rich. He didn't even want Lazarus to eat the crumbs off his table. Watch how his attitude changes. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. He's still prejudiced. He still want Lazarus to serve him. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. This is how thirsty he is. Now, let me give you an example here. This is my water that they put up here for me to drink if I get thirsty, you know, or start coughing or something. So now if someone was thirsty and you say, oh, I'm thirsty. Give me a drink of water. And I dip my finger down in it and say, open your mouth. And you go, ah, and then a little drop, drop on your tongue. But first of all, you're going to say, you know, you wouldn't call me pastor probably. If I dip my finger in a glass, bring the glass over to you, then dip my finger, say, open up. You probably wouldn't be calling me pastor. But this is what the rich man is asking for Lazarus. Remember old Lazarus had sores all over him? He had some in the sores and the dog's been licking him. Now think about this. Somebody got old sore finger that the dog just got licked on and you want them to stick their finger in a glass of water and put it on your tongue. You hot. When you will accept that, you're hot. You real bad hot. But this is what's happening to people who are in hell. If they could just get just a nanosecond's relief, it would be like having a, year vac- a year's vacation. If, I mean, just a, drip, just a drip of water on their tongue would be so much relief. So much relief. And this is where this man is. And listen, that's, to me, that's not the worst part. The worst part is that it will never change. It will never change. Come here, son. Now, not only is he the flames torment him, but the little demons are down there going, yeah, we got you. And people are down there screaming. And the devil going, I can't believe you fell for that. God, man. I can't believe you fell for that. All them sermons you hear. I can't believe all that, all that, all those. I can't believe you fell for that. The devil is shocked every time somebody comes to hell. Hmm? 
The Bible says that when we see the devil as he really is, we're going to say, is this the one that made the nations to tremble? This thing here? Him? That's the way we'll look on the devil. I can't, and then say, I can't believe that I allowed this thing here to ruin my life. That I fell for his tricks. That's what the devil is. He can't believe that you're doing the stupid stuff you're doing right now. Lying and cheating and whatever else if, someone, if you're doing it. He can't believe that you're falling for it. Because he's saying, you know what? He said, I gave up heaven and now look where I'm at. All right, come on. Tell somebody, say, you must have Zoe. All right. Now look what he says. Verse 24, last part of that verse. He says, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Again, if you went check the grave, his body would still be there. His body would still be there. But the real person is in hell. The real person. All the body is is a container, a carrier. It, it carries you where you want to go, just like your car. When you get through with that car, whenever it wears out or whatever it does, you'll park it, sell it, do something, and you'll get in another one. Now, verse 25, this is the sad, sad part. And watch, he called Abraham father and watch what Abraham calls him. But Abraham, verse 25, but Abraham said, son, man, son. He said, son, now watch this. Now, remember, that means he still has his soul. Because your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. So he can still Remember, he says, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. He says, man, you had every opportunity in the world. You you got good things. You lived good. And likewise, Lazarus evil. Now, here's another thing. Is God evil or good? So if the rich man got good things. Then can rich be bad? If Lazarus got evil things then can poverty be good? That's just kind of common sense. If he called poverty evil, we need to be getting as far away from evil as possible. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because who wants to live a life full of evil? Now, that doesn't make you evil, but if you reject God's word, then you become a part of it. Don't let nobody talk you into that dumb stuff. But now he is comforted And thou art tormented. Now watch verse 26. And besides all this, he says, son, even if I wanted to, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. God fixed it. God fixed it. He says, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, now he's getting into nothing. He want him to send his brothers, send somebody from the dead to go talk to his brothers. Listen, the only person that you're going to, only thing you're going to get is the gospel. He says, if, if we sent one from the dead, if, if whoever you love, they came back from the dead, they couldn't convince you anymore to get saved, then you what you're hearing today. 
All right. So that's we went through all that to talk about the present existence life that word there for life. Then go over to uh, Luke chapter eight. And let's look at another definition of life. Tell them. So you must have Zoe. Luke chapter eight. Verse nine. So listen to me. You've got to choose Zoe. Well, you don't have to choose, but I, I, I want you to choose Zoe. I would hate to think that anybody is would just consciously choose to live in hell. But by not choosing to live with God, we choose to live in hell. We are born dying. The second we come into this world, the second we're conceived, we don't start living, we start dying. We start racing toward a deadline. Hebrews 9, 27, for it is appointed that man should die. In other words, we have an appointment with death. Now, let me help you out of that a little bit. Anybody here ever broke an appointment? <laughs> huh? Because somebody say, well, you know, uh, if it's your day, well, you know, it's been my day to go to the doctor sometimes. I called and told them I wasn't coming. So if you know if you you believe that it's your day, just call death and tell him you're not coming yet. I'm true. I choose to go with Jesus when he comes back. I believe we're living in that day. Now, if I don't, I just choose to get get mine, which is he said we can get 120 plus if we so desire. He says we can give live a full life. Glory to God. All right. Uh, verse nine. And his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? And he said and he said. Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto others in parables, we just talked about that, seeing they might not see and hear and they might not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Y'all get that? Those by the wayside. He's talking about the four types of seed there. Four types of soil, rather. Those by the wayside are that, that they that hear. Then cometh who? Then cometh who? Then cometh who? Verse 12, then cometh who? The devil and taketh away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, you know why the devil was able to take the word out of their heart? Because they would not act on the word as soon as it went in their heart. And there was a space of time where they allowed the word to lie dormant. And during that period of time, the enemy came in and snatched it. And then when they decide I'm going to do something and they can't get back to it. So he says, when you hear the word, act on the word. See, somebody say, well, just give me six more months and I'm going to start acting on the word. Listen, all you told the devil was you got six months to kill me. He says, pull him off assignment over there. Pull that other demon off assignment over there. Pull that other demon off assignment. We got to kill him in the next six months. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, we, why? Because he said in six months he's going to get saved and I don't want to take a chance. So we're going to kill that fool now while he's waiting on six months. <laughs> you know, when we were younger, we said uh, uh, when I was in college, me and a few other fellows, we said, man, you know, we talked about we're going to get in church. We didn't say get saved. We're going to get in church when we get in our 40s. You know, that seemed like a long way away then. It don't seem so far now. <laughs> it's not. I'm there. <laughs> Doesn't seem far at all now. But, uh, you know, we said we're going to have our fun, sow our wild oats. Didn't know we was getting sold all the time. Okay, 
Now, what he says, verse 13, they on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy. When they listen, what did they do as soon as they heard it? Receive it with joy. And these have no root. Uh oh, here's another problem. Which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. You look around and you see that. You can look around at, at some of the empty seats. And there were people we saw that got saved, they came in, and for a while they were fired up. Woo, Pastor, hey, I was waiting outside the door when you got here. But what happened? They didn't have any root. They never allowed their root system to develop. They were happy for a minute, and then as soon as the as little trouble blew in, they dried up. You got to get rooted and grounded in the word of God. And they, verse 14, and that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with what else? With cares and riches and pleasure, the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. They never matured. This word life here means livelihood. The other word meant the present existence. This word here means livelihood. It's similar to the same word. So this word here is not eternal life. It's just your livelihood. They get carried away. I got to wash my car. I got to clean my house. I got to do all these things. God, can you catch up with me next week? I'm sorry. I got something else planned. What about the week after that? Hmm. All right. Now let's go to John chapter 10. So then we have one word, which means your present existence. The other word means your livelihood. John chapter 10 again. Tell them, say, you must have Zoe. These other lives don't really make a difference. You must have eternal life. Zoe. Life as God has it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose what? His soul. I mean, you have it all in this life. And that's good. God, does, God wants you to have it. But what does it matter? You know, it's just like someone saying, well, give me, give me five dollars a day and a thousand tomorrow. Which one would you wait for? You wait on tomorrow. It's the same thing. But the good thing about it is we get both of them. All right. John chapter 10. Look at our last uh, life here. Verse 11, John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That means he giveth his breath, the life, the, 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 uh, the physical. It's talking about the physical life. The good shepherd gives up his, will give up his physical life in order to save his sheep. Now, Jesus being the great shepherd, not the good shepherd, but the great shepherd gave up his spiritual and physical life. His spiritual and physical life for the sheep. Now look at, go back to verse uh, uh, 10 again. The thief cometh not before to what? To steal and to kill and to destroy. Folks, you must understand this. You can't make a deal with the devil. The Bible just says right there, the only re- the only reason he'll ever show up in your life is to steal, to kill and destroy. And either one of those by themselves is bad enough. 
When, when he show up, when he show up with a doctor feel good at your door, he's coming to steal, kill and destroy. He's bringing people in your life. They're not saved, but, oh, you know, he good. He helped me with my cheering. He's coming to steal, kill and destroy. And you have to recognize that. Man, I can get you a hookup. He's coming to steal, kill and destroy. He going to hook you up, down, sideways and backwards. Now look at verse one here. Look at verse one. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way. The same is a what? Thief and a robber. Now, the door he's talking about is the womb of a woman. He says he has to come through a woman's womb in order to enter this earth legally. Now, what is he talking about here? G- the virgin birth. That Jesus came into this world legally. How did the devil get here? Illegally. He just showed up. He was cast down. He didn't come through the womb of a woman. So anything, he came in the world as a thief and he's leaving the world as a thief. And all the time he's in the world, he's trying to steal. You know why thieves steal? You, anybody know? Because they're thieves. You know why sinners sin? Because they're sinners. But why do saints sin? Because they let their flesh get out of control. All right. John chapter 3. Let's look at Dr. Nicodemus and watch what Jesus says to him. Tell him, say, you must have Zoe. John chapter 3. There was, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now watch this. Jesus is not going to fall for all the flattery. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or surely, surely, not surely, 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 surely. (laughs) I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again or receives Zoe. The life of God, have eternal life, except the man be saved, born again. He cannot see what God's way of doing things, the kingdom of God. He says, Nicodemus, I know that you're a ruler of the Jews. I know you're a big man on the block. You got all these things going on. But listen to me. You need to be saved. You need Zoe. Come on, stand on your feet. Because there are many people. You've got it going on. You got everything that life could ever want. Or maybe you have nothing that life, you know, has to offer. But everybody's in the same category because everybody must have Zoe. Needs Zoe. So you have a choice to make. You can choose God, Zoe, eternal life and live. Listen, and eternal life starts the moment you receive it. We're living. We're eternal beings right now. Because all we're talking about, spiritual life means that my spirit is connected with God's spirit. Spiritual death simply means that my spirit is not connected with God's spirit, but it's connected with the devil. And whatever the devil does, I'm a part of it. Wherever he's going to spend eternity, I'll be with him. And as we saw the rich man, where is he at? He's in hell. Now, listen to me. Hell 
when God created hell, the Bible says that he created hell for those angels that rebelled. When Satan or Lucifer decided that he was going to be as big and bad as God, and he says, I know what I'll do. I'll take over heaven. I'll be just like God. And he was thrown out of heaven. But before he was thrown out, he convinced one third of all the angels to follow him. That's where you get all the demons from. Gets a little bit more involved in that, but that's that's enough for you to know right there. And so God said, I've got to create a place for them for punishment. So he created hell. But guess what? Hell is alive. Hell is alive. And the Bible says that hell is coming from beneath to meet us and has enlarged itself. Because if you got a car that will only hold four people. But you could push a button and the backside would shoot out a fifth seat. That's the way hell is. Every time a person chooses not to be with God and they die, hell gets a little bit larger and it's already coming. It says hell from beneath is coming to meet us. And is enlarging itself. It's getting bigger. It was only created for, for the devil and his angels. But because man decides that he's not going to live with God, he's going to rebel against God, he falls in the same category. And that same hell that's created for the devil, man now finds himself in it. Instead of living where God created him to live. So as you stand here today, or if you're listening to us by radio, you have to make that decision. It's not a game. It's not fun. It's not, well, I'm thinking about it. Because most people have, have been to funerals. You know people that are dead. You, you may know someone who died, and maybe you didn't know whether they were saved or whether they weren't saved. That's not for us to judge. But the fact of the matter is, you still have a chance because you are still alive right now. So if you're listening to us by radio, or by tape, I want you to pray this prayer along with our congregation and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because God said it's not his will that any man should perish, but that all men should repent and receive eternal life. So congregation, will you pray this prayer after me along with our ready audience? Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that he is your son. That he died for my sins. He went to hell and suffered the penalties of hell. You raised him from the dead. And I now receive him as my Lord and Savior. And I will live for him from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart, you are now saved. You now have Zoe you have the life of God on the inside of you. What we want to do, we want to help get you started along your way. Write to me, Pastor Jackson, Post Office Box 2911, Little Rock, Arkansas, 72203. We have some materials we want to send to you to help get you started along your way. Also, you can call us at area code 501-888-1898. If you're looking for a church on near where you are, we can, show, we can help you find one. God bless you. We're waiting to hear from you.